from the skeptic to the most devout Christian believer uh, runs the whole gamut. We all have questions sometimes concerning different aspects of God and of Christianity and of living out our faith. And the good news is that we are not the first ones to have those questions. Uh, if you have a question about God, rest assured that others have had it too. It has already been thought about and tackled. And the answers are out there if we look. There's a podcast that I like to listen to. It's a great source for answering questions like this. It's called Ask Away. This is a Christian podcast. It's uh, aimed at answering a lot of the common questions about God and faith that people have. And when every episode of Ask Away, they take a question that someone has written to them and they read it out loud and then they spend like half an hour answering it in a lot of detail. And so when I was listening a few weeks ago, someone had wrote into them with a question that fit perfectly with our sermon today. And so I wanted to read it to you. And they said, a friend of mine was recently diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer at age 24. I am having a difficult time praying about it. I don't see the point of praying if the outcome's already been determined. Prayer is something I've always struggled with. I mean, if God's all-knowing and he has the future mapped out, what is the purpose of prayer? Does, does prayer really have any influence on God? Those are some good questions. And... I could maybe try to sum them all up into two words, which is why pray? You know, why pray if God's all-knowing and the future is mapped out? Why pray if God already knows all our thoughts and all our ways? Why pray? We are continuing our sermon series on prayer this morning. Last week, Chris Keene did a great job getting us started on the path of prayer, looking at the Lord's Prayer. And this week, we are looking at the purpose of of prayer. Why pray? What is the purpose of prayer? Well, there's actually more than one purpose. This morning, I want us to look at four different purposes of prayer, four answers to the question, why pray? The first reason why we should pray is to spend time with God. I want you to think of the most famous person that you have ever seen. When I was 19, uh, I was in the Washington, D.C. train station, and I saw the president of the United States at the time, Bill Clinton. He was just walking through. I don't think he was catching a train. I don't know why he was there. He didn't really tell me. Uh, but he was he was walked by in front of me. He was surrounded by Secret Service agents. And Now, regardless of your personal politics, this is a big deal. This was the president. He was like 10, freedom, 10 feet in front of me. It doesn't happen every day, you know? And, and so now I can say, oh, yeah, I saw the president one time. But I can never say I actually got to have a conversation with him. You know, I, I couldn't have talked to him if I wanted to. I, I mentioned the Secret Service agents. And also, the president was too busy to stop and have a conversation with everybody. There was a crowd of people. They were, saw, oh, president. They all kind of start swarming him. And uh, I, I didn't get out of line anyway because I was trying to get my ticket. But uh, such a crowd gathered around him. He would have been at the train station all day 
trying to have a conversation with everyone who was crowding around him, wanting to talk. But while the president may not have time to talk to everyone that wants to talk to him, while he may not even want to talk to everyone, uh, there is someone far greater than the president that we get to talk to any time we want. When we pray, we need to remember the honor that prayer is. We get the privilege of talking to the great I am, the one who said, let there be light, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He has time for us. If you have this false idea that prayer is just a stale ritual that you do before a meal or a good luck charm before a big test or a game or something or a religious checklist to check off, you are missing the bigger picture. Prayer is much more than that. Prayer is communicating with God. Why pray? Because you get to pray. You get to communicate with God. You are talking to the greatest being that you could possibly comprehend. He is far above any great person. He is the greatest being in existence. And we have the privilege to talk to him, to call him father even. God isn't bound by the limits of time. And so he does have time to talk to everyone in the world who wants to talk to you. And he does actually want to hear from you. You know, a lot of times we think, "Eh, they don't even really want to listen to me, especially, you know, who am I? God cares. He wants to hear from you. Over and over in Scripture, he encourages us to come to him in prayer. He tells us he will be there for us. Psalm 148:18 it says the Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth Someone might ask but how how can we even talk to how can we know a god we can't see How do we get close to god Well Getting close to God, it's not as hard as some people make it out to be. I mean, you think about a human friendship. How do you grow close to someone on a human level? We spend time with them, and we talk to them, we listen to them, we make them a part of our life, and the same is true with God. When we read or hear his word, the Bible, God speaks to us. When we pray, we speak to him. Pretty simple, right? When we worship him, when we obey him, we make God a priority. He is part of our lives. So why pray? First of all, uh, because you get to, because we understand it's a privilege to speak to the most powerful being in the universe, almighty God, to know that he always has time for us and that he cares for us. The second reason why we should pray is because it benefits us. Now, I don't just mean because if you ask uh, for something and God answers your prayer with a yes and you get that something, then that's a benefit. I mean that the very act of praying benefits us. If you just understand prayer is something that's regulated to like just a a quick prayer before meals or like Sunday mornings, um, but not really necessary, you don't really understand the importance of, pay, of prayer. You're, you're not getting the full benefit. And 
I, I know because I used to be this way, and you know, I, I grew up in church, and I prayed before meals, and I prayed in church because, well, that's when you kind of learn to pray, but I didn't do much more than that. Um, but I, I thought of myself as a pretty good Christian. I was more a person of action. I thought, you know, I, I serve and I give. And, uh, you know, when I got older, I was even teaching, but I still didn't pray. Um, I didn't understand then what, what I understand more now and, and what I'm still learning day by day, which is that prayer is not just an obligation. I'm looking at it wrong if I think of prayer as just an obligation. Prayer is a gift. Prayer is a privilege that we have as Christians, and it benefits us. And so let me tell you three benefits of prayer, three reasons that you should not only pray, but pray daily. Okay, first of all, prayer helps us set the tone for our day. Imagine that you can start and just take a few minutes and kind of set your attitude for the day. You you can't do it on your own, but with God, you, you can. You know, uh, you, you set your mind on God. You thank him for another day of life. You thank him for all of the blessings in your life. You think about what's going to go on in your day that day. You ask God for help in different areas that you know are going to be difficult. If you're anxious about something, you ask God to calm your nerves, all right, to give you peace about it. If you have decisions that need to be made, you pray for guidance. And you ask God, hey, get, help me make wise choices today. Help me make choices that honor you. This morning prayer, it doesn't have to be long. You know, I know that I, I've heard of like great Christians in the past, like he would get up and he would pray two hours every morning. Um, that's not me. I would get up and pray about two minutes every morning. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want you to think like, I can't do that. Everybody can pray two minutes. Really get up and just, God, thank you. Thank you for another day of life. Thank you for these blessings. Help me to focus on you today. Give me peace about this, Father. Just help me with this. Help me to be wise in this. Father, I know uh, I got to be around this person today. Help me to represent you well there. You know, and just help, help God. Thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your forgiveness. I love you. And you leave more at peace than when you started. If you ever wake up stressed, man, that's especially when you need to pray. But every day, every day we have stuff to be thankful for. There's a song going on right now on on uh, Christian radio, and it says, like, if you're breathing, praise the Lord. Um, and it, that's really, you know, you why, why do you have to be thankful? Well, you're living. You know, you have another day of life. Praise the Lord. Um, if you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. Um, you want to make sure you do that. You want to make sure that you do your part to set the tone for the day by praying. Another benefit of prayer is that it just it helps us to focus on what we're supposed to focus on. It helps us shift our focus off everything else. It helps us shift our focus onto God. Sometimes we can be so distracted that it's hard to focus on what we're supposed to focus on. And there are a lot of distractions out there, right? Um, it, when you get up, I, I don't know about you, how many people like in the first five minutes you check your phone? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, most people, and then you get, 
all right, I'm thinking through what I got to do. I'm thinking through this. I'm thinking through that. And then it just goes and it goes and it goes and it goes. Um, it's, there's a lot of distraction. And so you need to refocus. And that's not just in the morning. You know, if you've been in work for an hour and you're like, boy, I started good, but then I saw other people and it's messing it up. Um, all right, well, you got to stop and refocus. And let me just pray again and help to refocus on God and help to refocus on the attitude that I need to have right now. God never lacks uh, perspective. We, we lack perspective a lot. We lose the proper perspective a lot, right? We... Oh man, I just I wasn't thinking right. I was thinking wrong. I wasn't thinking about the right stuff. I wasn't focused on the right stuff. But God never lacks perspective. He always sees the big picture. And so what we want to do is we want to keep our focus on the one that has the proper perspective. We want to keep our focus on him. For the Christian, if we don't have God in mind, then we have lost the proper perspective. All right? Uh, if you say, oh, what perspective should a Christian have? I'm not talking about some long worldview about all your beliefs. In the if you have lost focus of God, then you need to refocus. You need to refocus on God. Um, God is a part of, should be a part of, all of our lives because he is there. And so we need to make decisions that are honoring them all throughout our life. We need to always be refocusing on God and gaining perspective during the stressful parts, during the parts when we are getting tempted and all these, we need to be refocusing on God. And so the more we pray, the more we are going to naturally learn to focus on God more through the day. You know, it becomes a habit. Oh, I've I'm going to pray and refocus on God. And I pray and refocus on God. And the next time somebody's bothering you at work, you know what? Last time I prayed and refocused on God. That worked. Let me do that again. You know, and uh, oh, you know what? I'm getting tempted by that same thing that tempted me before. But I prayed and I focused on it. Let me do that again. You know, and so you you naturally focus on God more and more. And so uh, it's going to become easier as you do it. And the more we pray, not only will it compound, like the more you pray, the more you learn how to pray, but also the more we pray, the more uh, we will notice when we're losing perspective, just easier. Um, we will realize. And, and so uh, it'll just be a, a, an awareness for us. And so we will be able to say, I need to refocus. I need to refocus now. A lot of times people, they just go through life without focus of God because they've never had that clarity. It's like somebody that never had glasses, and it's just, this is the world. It's blurry. No, no, you could have clarity. You could focus on God, and once you have that clarity and you start to lose it, you want to refocus again. You want to sharpen your vision spiritually by refocusing on God in prayer. When we have this proper perspective, when we, are, uh, when we have God in mind, it's calming for us. Um, because we can know, you know what, this situation that I'm going through right now, this is hard. This is very hard for me, but you know what? God's got my back. God's got this. It's, it's not hard for him. Sometimes my kids, they'll get stressed over something that it's kind of simple for me. Um, it, all of a sudden I'll hear this loud, ah! and I'll go see what the issue is. James did this recently, and I went to go see the issue, and he couldn't get a jar open for some pickles. He just couldn't do it. 
And I was like, James, I got this. No problem. And I, I popped the lid open and I gave it back. And I, I can't always do that with my kids' problems. You know, sometimes they come to me. It's more difficult than a simple, oh, I got this. Here you go. You know, uh, sometimes it's hard for me too. And I'm like, oh boy, yeah, let's, let's think through this. I'm here for you, you know. But God, God can. God's always like, I got this. I got this. And so we need to keep that perspective that no matter what we are going through, no matter what we bring him, nothing is going to overwhelm him. God has got it all handled as easily as me opening a pickle jar. And when we come to him focusing on our problems, when we pray, we get this benefit of perspective and we finish praying, well, we leave with our focus shifted off of our problems and on to God. We have refocused back where we should be. And that allows us to have peace and comfort. Even though the problem's still there, when we refocus, we realize, wait, I can have peace about this because I know God is still here too. And he's got this. So uh, a third benefit of prayer is improved health. Now, besides the obvious spiritual benefits, prayer, uh, it also benefits us physically. There are studies that show that prayer actually helps regulate your heartbeat, that it makes it stronger, that it makes it less stressed. Prayer has been shown to have calming effects on people. Going before God helps to steady us. It helps to give us focus. It helps to give us clarity. You can come before God frantic and leave at peace, not because your problem went away, but because you came before God. He helps to steady you. And so physically, that's why it helps to steady your heartbeat. That's why it helps to have a calming effect on you. Uh, research shows that prayer also keeps us sharp mentally. There was an article in the Miami Herald. It had the headline, What Prayer Does to Your Brain, New Scientific Discoveries Shine Light on Health Benefits. And they had findings that daily prayer time uh, helps prevent memory loss, mental decline, and even dementia. Now, scientific studies are nice, but we don't need a scientific study to tell us that prayer is beneficial because long before the Miami Herald was praising the benefits of prayer, the Bible was encouraging people to pray often and to pray about everything. Ephesians 6.18 tells us to pray in the Spirit at all times, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. So the second reason why we pray is there are all sorts of spiritual and physical benefits for us just through the act of praying. Reason number three about why we can pray is because prayer is worship. Uh, too often, when you ask somebody, hey, why, why do you pray? Well, because I want to get stuff from God. Like, I ask God for things, you know. But that's not the main reason we pray, all right? Um, the it's a mistake to think that the main purpose of prayer is asking God for things. Ultimately, the main purpose of prayer is worship. Why do you pray? To worship. When we pray to the Lord, we are recognizing who God is, and we are recognizing what God has done for us. And that is an act of worship. Recognizing who God is and what he has done for us, that is worshiping God. Okay? So, let's start with the first part of that. Who is God? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? Now, during our day of prayer, 
I'm going to do my plug again. Sign up if you haven't yet. Uh, during our day of prayer coming up this Saturday, one of our prayer stations answers that question. It has lists with many different names and titles for God so that we can pray about those and worship God for who he is because each of those different names describes a different aspect of God. God is far from one-dimensional. He has so many different aspects. For example, some of the names of just Jesus include Wonderful Counselor, because the counsel that he gives is so wise. Redeemer, because through his death he has set us free, he has redeemed us from the bondage of sin. Emmanuel, it means God with us, because Jesus was born on earth. He lived as a human being. He left the splendor of heaven. He became one of us so that we might be with God forever. So if I was going to pray those, Jesus, thank you for being a wonderful counselor to me. Thank you for giving me wise advice. Lord, help me to, to just look to your teaching and understand all the wisdom that is there and to apply it to my life. Uh, thank you for being my redeemer for setting me free from the bondage of sin, not because I did anything to deserve it, but just because you are loving. Emmanuel, you are God with me. You said you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. You even came to earth physically to show that, to make it possible that I will have God with me for not just this life, but for eternity. You made it possible. You bridged the gap between me and a holy God by taking the penalty for my sins. And so now God is always with me. God is always Emmanuel, thanks to Jesus. And so I can pray about those different names of God. And I just did three of hundreds, hundreds of names. And, and so... You know, you can pray about who God is. Now, we don't always, of course, have to go through a list of all the names of God every time we pray. But it's great to think about different aspects of our awesome God to praise him as we remind ourselves of who he is and of what he has done for us. Uh, there's lots of examples of people doing this in the Bible, of people worshiping God by telling him, this is you and you're awesome, God. Uh, in 2 Kings 19.15, we see Hezekiah worshiping God. Uh, and he says, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. God knows this. He's not telling God something he doesn't know. He is doing this to worship God. He's starting out a prayer with worship. In Psalm 86, 12, 13, David says, I will glorify your name forever, for great is your steadfast love toward me. Again, God knows his love is great. David is saying, I'm going to give you glory. Why? Because he wants to worship him. Why? Because he knows that his love is great. He's not telling God something he doesn't know. He just wants to worship him and sing of his love and pray of his love. Jesus prayed in John 12, 28, Father, glorify your name. Jesus' goal in prayer was worshiping God, giving him glory. And so when we pray, that should be one of our goals too. You know, we should be glorifying God. Now, what should we be glorifying God about? Uh, Ken Weaver, he had a list of reasons to glorify God in our prayers. Uh, we give God glory because of his position. He's creator and king because of his personality. He's good, he's righteous, he's holy uh, because of his power. He has power over all of creation. He has power to do miracles. He even had power 
over death through the resurrection, all right? Uh, we give God glory because of his protection. We can uh, look back. We can see how God has delivered us through dangerous times in our life. You know, uh, you're still alive and breathing. Praise the Lord, like I was saying there. And so we give him praise. We give God glory because of his provision, Fancy word meaning that he provides for our needs, our physical needs, but also our spiritual needs, especially salvation. And lastly, we give God glory because of his presence. You know, um, there's a song, famous song, uh, Just Call My Name and I'll Be There. Well, people can say that and maybe they will, maybe they won't, but God will always be there you call his name he is there for us he is never going to leave you he's never going to forsake you he's going to be there with you no matter what so we have so many reasons to praise god to come before him and worship him through prayer uh, so when we pray we want to make sure that our prayers are not just always about asking god for things you know when you love someone you don't want your communication to them to always just be here's a to-do list and, and you leave like that's that's not it. Uh, you want to say thank you for the things you did before. You want to just tell them how much, you know, I love you because you do this. You know, uh, you want to have a relationship with them that is more than just I know you're better than me, but I looked at you kind of as my servant. So do this for me, please. Um, it's that's not the way it should go. Um, so. When we pray in our words, our praise and worship, not just requests, we're stopping ourselves from only giving God a list of things we want from him. Instead, we're putting the focus on him and all the reasons that we have to glorify him. And we're saying, God, you are great and we love you. And we praise you. So we've talked about a lot of different reasons to pray. Some of those reasons were because it benefits us, but not all of them. Right? Sometimes we pray just for God and His glory. Sometimes we pray just to give thanks. We don't want to have a narrow view of prayer only as a help tool. Okay? Uh, the question that I read at the beginning that, you know, it was a sincere from the heart question, but that. The girl that was asking that, why pray if God already knows everything he's going to do? That's a narrow view of prayer. It's viewing prayer just as a help tool where the only purpose of prayer then is to ask for things and get help from God. And prayer does change things. We're about to look at that. But what I hope that you have seen so far is that prayer is much more than just a help tool, all right? Prayer does not always have to include asking for help, but prayer is always worship. When we pray, we're always worshiping. Perhaps you have heard of the acrostic acts, uh, A-C-T-S. You know, it's taught based on the Lord's Prayer that Chris was talking about last week. It's an acrostic about what prayer can consist of, these Different aspects, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. All right? So uh, kind of fancy words. They had to make it fit with acts. So adoration, where we worship, where we praise God for who he is. That's what we were just talking about, right? Confession, where we confess our sins to him. 
Thanksgiving where we pray and thank him for all the many blessings in our lives, all the good things that he has done. Supplication is when we bring our request to God and uh, we ask him to uh, supply what we are asking for. The, the base of the word supplication, it's the same as the base of the word supply. So you can remember it there. Uh, a way to remember supplication is to remember we're asking God to supply us with what we request. Okay? So out of these four aspects of prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, I want you to notice three of the four are not even confusing. All right, they're, they're not even part of that question that was raised at the beginning. They're pretty straightforward. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. Even if someone's wondering, like that question in the beginning, why pray if God already knows what he's going to do? Well, because of adoration and confession and then thanksgiving. Three of the four aspects of prayer are not just you asking for things. Okay? Uh, th that doesn't even affect three of the four aspects of prayer. You can be confused about supplication, and you can still pray lots of prayers of adoration, lots of prayers of confession, lots of prayers of thanksgiving. So to ask why pray, because you're confused about supplication, it shows a limited understanding of prayer. You're missing that there are plenty other aspects of prayer, plenty other reasons to pray besides asking for things. That being said, I do believe that prayer changes things, and we're going to look at that. I just want to make sure that we all saw if someone isn't sure about supplication, you have plenty of reasons to pray still. Um, it's an honor to talk to the Almighty, always. It's still an act of worship. We still pray to praise Him. We still pray to give thanks. We still pray to confess. That being said, let's look at supplication right now, asking God for things. Does it change anything? Yes. The end. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the fourth reason why we should pray is that prayer changes things. The first thing I want you to see um, is that supplication is not a bad thing. Um, sometimes people, they don't like to ask for things, uh, whether it be to other people or whether it be to Almighty God. They think, eh, do I seem ungrateful if I'm asking for stuff? No, God doesn't mind us asking requests to him. I was saying before, you don't want to only ask requests to him, but he does want you to make requests to him, right? In fact, it is commanded in Scripture. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, do not be anxious about anything. That's the 2020 verse right there, man. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, in every situation including when your friend has cancer. We should present our request to God. So does God, uh, does it make a difference? Does asking God for things in prayer change anything? Well, yes. I mean, I, I could have just changed this whole sermon and been like, example number 400 from the Bible, because... Uh, if you have read through any stories in the Bible, you see people praying and it making a difference. I, You know, sometimes when people ask us, I'm like, have you read any of Scripture? Do you know? Like, There's all sorts of times where people pray and God answers their prayer and it makes a difference. And it's not just then. You could go around churches and be like, have you ever had a prayer answered? Have you ever had a prayer answered? And if you're not sure, man, you're just not praying that well. Uh, I mean... 
When we do prayer requests, I like a lot of times I'll just take it and I'll write a smiley face next to answer prayers up on the list because I want people to notice answer prayers because I think Christians sometimes have such a weird short-term memory when it comes to answer prayers and it'd be like, hey, have you ever had God answer your prayer? And it'd be like, um, like, what are you umming about? You know, you were praying about this, 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 this. Look, half of them have smiley faces next to it. And that's, we have very limited prayers in church. Not to get off on a side note here, but all our prayers are even just like health-related prayers. It's not even spiritual stuff. It's not kind of testing. It's just, hey, help them get better, help them get better, help them get better. Okay, well, then when all the people get better, smiley face, and you're like, I don't know, was that really an answer prayer? Yeah, that's exactly what you prayed if you're not sure if that was God or not, I'm, I mean, that's that's a whole other issue of faith. But, yeah, it, it was an answer prayer. And so, yes, God obviously answers prayers. And God still answers prayers miraculously, too. Um, a lot of times we will be praying and uh, we'll think, you know, well, I don't want to pray something too hard. Yeah, pray. Whatever your request is, pray. You know, your friend has cancer and you're like, oh, that would be a miracle, though, if it got healed. All right. It may not be God's will. You're always going to want to pray in God's will, but pray for it anyways. Pray for it to be answered. It doesn't you can't think like, oh, that's too big. It's not too big for God. Pray for it. Um, there are books out there. Just Google a quick answer prayers. If you're like, well, God answered prayers back then, but he doesn't answer prayers miraculously today. Yeah, he does. I know of all sorts of people that have been healed miraculously. I know of people who have been saved miraculously, people who have got out of uh, legal trouble, people who have got out of being incarcerated for their faith, and on and on because they prayed miraculously. I know of churches who were praying because they were about to go under and God supplied them with money that they weren't expecting. And you need to think through and pray bigger prayers if you're like, I can't think of a time like that in my life because God's willing to do it for you, all right? Um, and so, does prayer change anything? Yes. The early church knew it did. Supplication, it's a model for us in Scripture. We see in Acts 12:5, Peter's in prison. What's the early church doing? They're praying fervently for him. Ephesians 6, 18 to 20, Paul is asking for people to do supplication for him, to pray for him as he seeks to share the gospel boldly. All right, Peter uh, knew this. Paul knew this. Jesus, he knew that prayer changes things too. He modeled for us to make requests to God. He had give us this day our daily bread. We see Jesus numerous times making requests to God the Father himself in prayer. He made requests for his disciples. He made requests for all the believers in John 17. Even on the cross dying, he prays a prayer for us. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing, right? A prayer of supplication. And so, Praying requests for others, it's one of the most loving things you can do for someone. So supplication is not always selfish. Don't think supplication is, I'm asking God for me. If you're asking God to help someone else, to help them out of a tough situation, to help them out with an illness, this is a very loving thing to do for somebody, all right? You're bringing something to God that is out of your control because you know that he can handle it. All right, so why pray and ask God for things? Well, one, Jesus taught us to do it. Two, the early church modeled it for us, and Scripture commands it. That's three great reasons to ask God for things, even if we don't get why we need to ask, since he knows everything. But I want to delve into that a little more too, okay? 
God knows what we need. Therefore, it might seem a little unnecessary at first. I mean, after all, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 8, the Father knows what you need before you ask him. So you might be thinking, well, then why ask? Jesus also tells us to ask, right? So why? Well, it's important to remember that all throughout Scripture, from Abraham to Daniel to the Apostle Paul, making requests to God is an essential part of how we relate to God. This is part of our relationship. It's part of showing our dependence to him. Why ask? Because it shows our dependence to God. It's how we relate to God in our roles as created to creator, sustained to sustainer, children to father. Asking our father for things is a natural way to relate to him. I, I've been reading through the Chronicles of Narnia with my kids at night. The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis. There's a scene where these kids, Polly and Diggory, uh, they need food, they're hungry. And uh, they, they ask why Aslan, uh, who is the God figure in the stories, uh, didn't provide food for the journey. And, and they get the answer, well, they ought to have asked. Um, and they're talking to a horse, by the way. Uh, so uh, here's a here's a short excerpt from the conversation that follows. He, um, Polly says, well, wouldn't he know without being asked? I've no doubt he would, said the horse with his mouth still full, but I've sort of an idea he likes to be asked. Uh, this is C.S. Lewis trying to use uh, a children's story to explain complex theological things uh, in a fun way. And so, yeah, uh, God knows what we need, and he still likes to be asked. And as a parent, don't you like to be asked too? Parents out there, well, you know, do I know my kid needs stuff? Sure, but, but is it nice to be asked for? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, um, when, when children ask saying they're showing their dependence and it's part of their role with me. It's not the only role. I don't want my kids to only come to me when they want something, but I'm happy for them to come to me when they want something. You follow? Uh, now, uh, of course, God knows what we need before we ask it, but God has chosen prayer as a means by which we express our dependence to him. And if that kind of rubs you the wrong way, uh, if you don't like expressing your dependence to God, yeah, that's a pride issue. So you kind of need to check that. We weren't made to be independent of him. We were made to be dependent on him. So we've addressed uh, God already knows what we need. But what about this other question? What about God already knowing what will happen? I mean, does prayer actually change anything? Well, yeah. Like we said, there's tons of examples of that throughout the Bible. Here's the thing. When someone asked, yeah, I'm going to get deep here. Uh, when someone asked, uh, why pray if God already has determined what will happen? We need to remember, God determines both the ends and the means. In other words, God determines both the ends, which is what will happen, and the means, how it will happen. Okay, so say that you are praying for something to happen, and in God's view, the event is already decided because he is not bound by time, and so he sees what has happened in the past, and he sees the present, he sees the future. It's like he has stepped out, and he's viewing the whole timeline all at once, and then it gets even more complicated because he, sees, he still gives us free will, and there's multiple ways that everything could go, but ultimately his will's done. So um, he sees all of that because God exists outside of time, and he sees what we call the future. But he also knows not only what's going to happen, he knows the means that caused the event to happen. 
And prayer is one of the means, one of the things that God uses to affect change in our world. Your free will act of prayer, it contributes to God's overall plan because God in his foreknowledge knew that you would pray and so he decided to use your prayer to affect change in something. And so even though God knows what is going to happen, he knows we will pray, the prayer is still important and necessary because he has planned your prayer to be a powerful agent of change. Give you a minute to process. So, James 5:16 it says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Prayer is powerful. Why pray? Well, of course, because it changes things. It's powerful. It's effective. Why? If God knows everything, because He planned to use your prayer that way. Your prayer is a powerful means of change okay uh, prayer is the greatest agent of change that god has given us it's calling upon the power of almighty god and nothing is too difficult for him so c.s lewis said prayer is like everything else in the christian life it's for god's glory and it's for our benefit in that order so to summarize why pray for God's glory, to worship him, to show our dependence to him, to give him thanks. Why pray? For our benefit. To be able to speak to the Almighty is an honor. Helps us refocus on what's good, true, holy in a world of chaos. We leave prayer time better because of it, physically, spiritually. Prayer changes hearts, and through God, prayers can change circumstances. Prayers can change the world. That's why I pray. I'll close with the words of A.J. Gordon. You can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you can never do more than pray until you have prayed. I'm going to close us in prayer right now, and then we're going to sing a closing song. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for giving us um, the, the honor, the privilege to be able to talk to you. Father, thank you for wanting to hear us. I, I know that a lot of times there are people uh, that we care about that are, you know, they, they may not even uh, always have time for us, but we know that you, um, even though you are holding all of the universe together, always have time for us, that you have invited us to come into your presence and to speak to you. And we thank you. Father, I thank you uh, for letting us actually be uh, one of the means of impact to change in this world, not just through our actions, but through uh, seeking requests to you. Uh, we see over and over and again in the Bible where your people do mighty things when they pray to you because prayer is a means of change that you have given us to impact the world through your strength. And so, Lord, I pray that you will help us to pray often and to pray boldly. Father, may we pray uh, with thanksgiving. May we pray uh, always as an act of worship. May we pray um, in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Uh, thanks for all that he has done for us as we are doing right now. In his holy name we pray. Amen.